0: What's up, my Impact Theory family? It's Tom Billu, and I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to you guys, our incredible listeners. Your support, your feedback, your unwavering commitment to your own growth inspires and drives us every day. And I want you guys to know how important you are to all of us here, especially me. And for those voracious listeners, you know who you are, I've got something really exciting to share with you. If you're truly dedicated to achieving greatness, check out the Extra Impact subscription channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Supercast. With the extra Impact subscription, you'll get all new episodes delivered ad-free, exclusive access to bonus content, including keynote speeches, AMAs, weekly motivation, and previously unreleased episodes. And you'll also have subscriber-only access to five additional podcast playlists with hundreds of archived Impact Theory episodes curated into themes to help you streamline your transformation journey. So if you're ready to take your personal growth journey to the next level, head over to Apple Podcasts, Supercast, or check the links in the show notes and subscribe to the Extra Impact subscription. It's your key to unlocking the greatness within you. Thank you guys again so much for being a part of this incredible community. Remember, the world needs more people that have come alive, double down on your own improvement, and you will be shocked at how far you can go. All right, until next time, my friends, be legendary. What is up, everybody? You are about to hear a really special episode from our sister podcast, Women of Impact. In the episode, I chat with the amazing host who happens to be my wife, Lisa Bilyeu, about how couples with opposite values around a lot of things like finance or religion, having kids, habits, hobbies, basically anything can navigate those differences. I think I have some pretty fire advice on this if I do say so myself. Women of Impact Releases new episodes every Wednesday. If you aren't already subscribed to Women of Impact, be sure to head over there and subscribe for all kinds of amazing interviews or shows like this on relationships. It's all kinds of amazing stuff. Lisa is an extraordinary interviewer, and the people that she has on are absolutely amazing. So don't miss out, and I hope that you guys enjoy this episode.
1: I take them serious, and you take them light. I go to bed early, and you party all night. Our friends are saying we ain't gonna last because I move slowly and baby, you move fast. I like it quiet and you like to shout, but when we get together, it just all works out. Well, I don't know what planet Paula Abdul was living on when she sang her smash hit, Opposites Attract, but I want the address and the directions because in my experience, being married to a man who on the surface was polar opposite to me, I can safely say it wasn't half as easy as just working out. I am Greek Orthodox, born and raised in the big city of London. He is a boy from rural Tacoma and who didn't believe in God. I listened to pop music. He listened to rock. I liked to party. He'd never even tried alcohol when I first met him. I liked breaking the rules. He likes abiding by them. I am a neat freak and he could live in a tip and not even notice. So we had to put in endless hours of hard work, dedication, and commitment to communicate constantly on our thoughts and perspectives so we could live and thrive cohesively. Now, most people didn't think we would work out. My own father, God bless that man, didn't want me to marry Tom and he actually said no when he asked him for his blessing to marry me. And when I asked him why, he professed that he was just too different that he wouldn't understand my culture, and then I would be stuck in America all alone. Well, 19 years later, and I can personally say that yes, absolutely, in my case, opposites do attract, but I'm here to also say that attraction isn't enough. And so today I wanted to do a different kind of show. I wanted to bring on the hubby to discuss all the building blocks, lessons, and tactics we have learned along the way that has allowed us to have the long-lasting relationship everyone doubted so welcome to women of impact relationship edition welcome to the show baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much i am always excited i love filming with you so it's a lot of fun and hearing you like do the the sing i guess the paula abdul song made me want to run out and (laughs)
1: like listen to it (laughs) i was uh, gonna sing and i was like no i I don't want to torture the audience um but it's so interesting how our opposites have actually, I think, helped us really shape each other. And like, there are things that you've introduced me to that I didn't, wouldn't have been introduced to otherwise. And so it really helped me set out, step out of my comfort box. Um, but a lot of people actually, I think the opposite, being complete opposites will be a detriment to their relationship long term. So how I want to actually do this episode is I've got multiple themes that I want to talk about and how if people are opposites, what are the tactics that they can um, do in order to survive and actually thrive in their relationship? So I've got religion, finance, kids and discipline and how you're going to bring them up, habits and then hobbies. Okay. So, I want to start. Got, We've with-
0: got, got a couple of dangerous ones in there. We've got
1: some dangerous ones. Yeah.
0: But I think by far the most problematic is children.
1: Oh, interesting. No
0: question. People break up over kids and money. That is it, my friend those right, are so the then, two that really fuck people then up let's with
1: finance okay. so with me and you when I first met you I was a saver growing up every single penny my mom ever gave me pound pocket money I always saved um, and when I met you you um, it wasn't that you were frivolous with your money but you were in debt and I'd never met any uh, from, college,
0: from college I would like to yeah. point out but actually being not like from, I just being,
1: racked up debt <laughs> sure but. but being from England my college was free sure. so I'd never met anybody who had a college debt obviously you were the first american that i dated so you know but it was a shock that you were in debt um and so let's worried talk-
0: i was gonna drag you down <laughs> Well,
1: but, but the, you joke about it but what if you could have right i did
0: for a while in fairness
1: so so let's talk about that a where we came together with different types of financial situation yep. or financial situation and then when we married we both had to alter the way we see money and spend money so um Talk to me about what the key things are that we have to address first of all, and then how we get through it.
0: So I I really think that people don't understand the need for rules in their life in general. So um, how is money spent? And and this is gonna get into a, a sort of overarching theme that I imagine will come up over and over in today's conversation when you're talking about when do opposites become problematic? It's all around values. And that's, that's where people disconnect, that's where countries end up conflicting, is they just can't fathom that there's another valid way to approach the world. It's my way or the highway. And around money, man, you got a lot of like hidden values that people mistake for truth. Like when we first met, I was like, oh, so how much money does your dad give you as basically an allowance. And you were mortified that I would ask that because you had a value that was like, you don't talk about money. And I remember thinking, hmm, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. So, because And look, I could not have said, oh, we have a collision of values here. That obviously is something that's come over time. But at the time, it really did hit me as, ooh, when someone has a conflicting value with you, they see the world in a way that you think is worse, less than. It really hits you in a visceral way of like, I don't like this. And when you have a visceral reaction, most people do not know what's happening. They, they just go with their neurochemistry. So they have the visceral reaction, and as Viktor Frankl said, between stimulus and response is a gap. And you get to choose how you respond. And like, your whole life is in that moment. So if they know, oh yeah, this visceral response that I'm having is because we're having a collision of values. That's precisely what it means. So rather than have the argument about money, this isn't about money, this is about a value system. Mm. So what's going on here? So for you, money is not to be discussed. For me, that question wasn't actually about money. It was about open communication. Okay, so that was step one. So we had to process through that. Then you get to the real machinations of money. And I will just say, here's some good advice for anybody, literally no matter what phase of your life you're in. Off the top, pay bills. Then you need to be saving. You wanna save as rapidly as you can to get to the point where you have six months cash on hand, period. I don't care who you are, I don't care what your value system is, this is just reality. And we're recording this in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, so can anybody say that that would be a bad fucking idea to have six months living expenses? Not, Not cut your life to the quick, The way you live now, you can live without changing a thing for six months. If you're unable to save, your lifestyle is out of control and you need to get your lifestyle to a point where you can save up to that. Because you only have two levers, the amount of money you make and the amount of money you spend. That's it, homie. So it's one or the other. Now, that is not something that I was good at when we met. That's certainly something that I've gotten more disciplined over time but even in the beginning of our relationship, when you were like, hey, it's really, um, I come from a savings standpoint, I was like, that actually does make sense. Like, I've always been by myself, I've always kept my expenses very low, but there's no question, that is a very smart way to approach it. So anyway, keep your expenses reasonable, make sure that you save up enough money, make sure that your bills get paid, and then after that, make sure that you have spending money that each of you control. So the other stuff is joint, the saving is joint. And whether one of you has a job, you both have a job, you save like that core amount. Now, how you break that up, that's up to them. If it's, all right, you make 30% of the money, I make 70% of the money, then you contribute 30% to all the bills, and I contribute 70% to all the bills. To me, that makes sense. I've always been like, I'm always trying to get to the point where it's it's just 50-50, right? in our case, I was the only one making money, but I was like, yo, this is the life that we have chosen. This is 50-50. I don't think of it as my money that I give to her. It's like, this is 50-50. This is the life that we've structured. Now, Which, was-
1: that was something that was actually difficult for me and we had to talk through because I didn't want to think that I had to come to you for permission and that you were making the money and then you were just giving it to me. Me and you, when you went to work and I was gonna stay at home, we spoke through it. We sat down from day one all right, how much do you think we should say? This is how much I think I sh- we should say. And we went back and forth and really laid out everything so that we were, all, were both on the same page from the get-go. And we approached that with no judgment of each other. Because actually, when I first met you, I actually did judge you a bit because you weren't conscious of saving like I was, where like, for me, it's like, if I can see like a cheaper way of doing it, I was like, oh, let's do that. But you weren't very conscious like that. And so I was just like, But he's the one that's in college there and i'm not and there was a bit of like judgment there
0: yeah i'm not no i'm
1: not sure that's a bad
0: thing Uh to be fair i i
1: don't know
0: so how about this it is a very predictable thing and when you have a collision of values guaranteed part of that visceral reaction is judgment it's they're doing it wrong that the way they do it is wrong the way that i do it is right Mm -hmm. now whether it should be that way or not we can set aside for a second I will just say, I don't have a problem with that you judge me when our values collide and I judge you when our values collide. That, that is going to be the discussion, that there is a right way to do this, a right way. Now, let's define right. What are your goals? Mm. One of the ways moves you more effectively towards your goals than mm. the other. So that, that's what I mean by right. I don't mean they're better or more worthy. Okay. I'm I just mean that we have a goal. If we're coming at this with opposing values and we have a shared goal, then it's like, well look at it. Which one of these is actually going to leave it, lead us there? Now, if you haven't come up with shared goals, that's a whole nother thing that you have to talk
1: to In them. fact, I think that's where we, you need to start, right? What is the goals? Like with Quest, right? You came in and you're like, baby, if we do this um, and it doesn't succeed, we lose the house. So here I am, you know, we've been married, what was it? Like seven years or something at that point, eight years. And you came back and you're like, we just bought our first house and I was so freaking excited. You're like, yeah, if we lose it, then, or if the company doesn't succeed, then we lose it. And so, but in our discussions of agreeing on what our goals are as a team was what made me say, yeah, absolutely. But if we hadn't had the discussion about... What are our goals together from the get go? You coming home and saying, "Oh yeah, I want to, you know, put the house up for, you know, as a risk of a protein bar company." And I have no idea. I've never made a protein bar in my life. I think I probably want. Are you fucking nuts? But because I was, we were so invested in, we're going to do this together. We're going to build something amazing together. We're going to make movies. That was definitely the goal at the time. But it's like to make movies, we have to take risks. And so we agreed that that was the path we were going to go on.
0: Yeah, so on goals, there was an episode of Impact Theory I did with a guy named Casper Craven, and he talks about he and his wife were really at a, at a dark place, and they weren't sure if they were going to stay together, and they thought, why don't we write down shared goals and spend like a year or two years living towards those goals and see um, what that does? And he said, even just the act of sitting down and dreaming together, he said, was was so bonding and he said we laid out like all of our dreams you know here are my seven things i want to do with my life here are her seven things she wants to do with her life he said there was only one that overlapped and he said they just clung to that one thing mm-hmm. all right cool we both shared this dream and now let's go for it they wrote it down which is so powerful and hung it up on the wall and then just said everything serves that goal mm-hmm. and i uh, that's so clarifying one for you and then unifying for a couple Associate. Super powerful. So just going back to money. So assuming that you have the shared goal of what you're trying to accomplish, then the collisions of values will all revolve around which one is going to move us towards the goal more effectively. And if you can talk like that and not be overly invested, and this is where identity, man, is rough. I've heard it said, I forget by who, but when you touch on someone's identity and say that's a problem or you're not as good at that, good at that as you think, Ooh, that's when you light people up and they get super defensive so getting past some of that to be like oh i really believe in the goal the goal i believe in anything else that we get into ah, i'm open right so um but that's hard. It's not easy for people. Like, your identity has all these tendrils. It's all these weird things, right? Like, you were saying, oh, I'm a saver, but I have a value that's, that saving is good. So, when you say I'm not a saver, I'm like, oh, I'm not something that's good. at. like, it gets hard for people to own that there are parts of their personality that don't serve their goals as much as they would like, but they're, they are still real.
1: All right, I want to move on to the next subject. You want to talk about kids. Sure. All right. So um, me and you always thought we were going to have kids when we got married. I actually wanted four. I think you wanted two. Um, but where, from the get-go, I mean, people may not know this about you, but right up until we we thought we were going to have kids, you were reading children's books, parenting books. That's what you were asking 100%. for Christmas. My mum bought you with utter excitement. She thought she was going to be a grandmother, so she bought you every book under the sun, um, and we discussed it endlessly about how we were going to bring up our kids. And we did it before we have children, and that was a big. We did it
0: before we even started trying to have children. Right.
1: For those people at home though, we never did stop right. trying.
0: Linda, not yeah, trying. I just right.
1: wanted to like make that clear. Um, but right, that's exactly it. Before we even started to think about actually starting it, we discussed everything. How we were gonna discipline our kids. What religion were we gonna br- bring them up in? What mm. was important to me growing up? What was important to you? And there were things that we actually had collisions on. Um, the one that comes to my mind is um, was uh, discipline and spanking.
0: Mm yeah
1: so if you want to talk about that and then
0: well i mean i will speak for myself i was so rebellious and i've always had such a problem with authority that i would just push and push and push until i got spanked and then i would stop now i when i say it did not traumatize me i don't have any bad feelings i always knew my mom loved me um and i remember At 13 years old, my friend Justin Angove comes into school one day and he was all excited. He's like, my mom tried to slap me and I blocked her and she burst into tears. She's never gonna slap me again. And I was like, that's genius. I've never thought, like I'm bigger than my mom now. I've never thought to to block her. This is so (laughs) smart. The next time she tries to slap me, I'm gonna karate kid the shit out of her and I'm gonna block it. And that's just gonna end it. And she's gonna know who's boss from then on. And so, it couldn't have been very long, the next day probably. I remember standing at the front door, I'm pushing and pushing and pushing, I don't remember what she wanted me to do. And escalate, ah, and then finally she goes to slap me. Boom, I block it. And you can't imagine how feel, how good I feel, I am elated. And she goes to slap me with the other hand. Boom, and I block that too. And I was like, oh, Like she knows what is up now. And then pow, she got me with the third one. And in the moment, like right then and there, I was like, Mad respect i see you bill you like nothing but my mom is not going to back down my mom loves me wants good things for me she's going to keep my ass on the straight and narrow just that fucking simple i never got in trouble i didn't drink didn't do drugs like i was just in line i fucking am so grateful for that like i'm so grateful for my mom and the way that she raised me my mom didn't take shit, but she loved me to fucking death, and she wasn't abusive. And so to me, there is such a clear line between keeping someone in line and being abusive. Like, they, they, are, they are a spectrum for sure, and I get it. Some people can spill. My mom never did. Always, like, she never hurt me or injured me or anything like that, but she got my attention. And, yeah. So anyway, that to me was like, yo, if a kid is going berserk, I'm going to give him a swat on the ass to and that's, bring him into line. And
1: for me, though, I was so fearful. So my dad did spank, not much. I think maybe he spanked me once. I remember him slapping my hand once as well. And it broke my heart. Like, broke my heart. And I think I, it would have been the same for and, my sister. And I had a certain amount of fear. Um, and I know my dad loved me, and so. but I was definitely like, oh, don't get him mad. And he only did but it once. But that's the and point. He, right. But... I had the fear and so my thinking is I don't want to put fear in my kids um, in their conscience like that in their conscience like that's just I don't want to do that to them but you have such a wonderful story that you come from the other perspective so even like we had spoken about well do we spank them do we not I said to you that I would have probably slapped their hand but um, I, I couldn't do anything else. But if you felt strongly that you felt like if someone was out of control or our child was out of control and you needed or wanted to spank them, I would have. I would absolutely, like putting myself in that situation right now. I would absolutely respect you because if that's something that you feel like you need to do. But I would say to you, hey, we have to be careful on what type of child you spank and how they react to it because, um, like you're a rare breed in my mind, like. I don't know how many other people are like, oh, my! I respect my parents for spanking me. Right? It's, it's unusual. So I would have worried that if you ended up spanking a a child who maybe was super soft, and you even said, right, your sister would have felt the same way. So, um, So as you can see, guys, at home, like, this is something that we talk about and we're going to go back and forward with, but it's important to discuss because if when we have a kid, all of a sudden you spank and we haven't spoken about it, like, would I have been horrified? Would I have, like, lashed out at you and now that child sees the fact that me and you don't agree on the punishment? Like, talk about mixed messages to children. And that's one thing that we spoke about as well is if we ever disagree, never do it in front of the kids because we always have to be united. Um... But that, the spanking thing was just one thing, and then also the religious thing. Um, we come from different perspectives, not necessarily perspectives, but different belief systems. And I was brought up Greek Orthodox, and that was really important to me, that our kids were christened Greek Orthodox and that um, they learn Greek. And so you seem to be okay with, you know, um, coming on board with the, the culture Um, But what would you say, let's say there's certain, like I know many people who, especially like, um I have a lot of Jewish friends, and it's like no, I just won't marry someone out of my religion because Mm. it is important. It is important to me that my children are the same. So it's not even about their partner; they just won't look for someone out of their religion because it's important that their kids.
0: Whenever somebody asks me my tips for scaling a business, I always tell them focus on efficiency because if you don't, you're going to waste a lot of time and money spinning your wheels instead of making smart choices that will lead you to actually being able to grow. That's That's why I recommend you check out Shopify, which has everything you need to efficiently grow your business and take it to the next level. Every time I talk about Shopify, I'm so jealous that you guys have this all-in-one ready solution at your fingertips. It is so helpful. Shopify is a global commerce platform that makes it easy to sell online and in person at any and every stage of your business. Literally, wherever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Just like the millions of businesses that rely on them every day. And Shopify's award-winning customer support is there to help you every step of the way. Plus, you get access to Shopify Magic, the AI-powered tool that will save you so much time and give you a huge leg up in growing your business. And with Shopify's super-efficient checkout process, which performs 36% better than competitors, you are primed for more sales just by using Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com dot com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. If you've got a lot of great ideas inside of you that could literally change the world, but you're keeping them locked away out of doubt or fear of failure, please listen up. Within you is a unique blend of ideas, dreams, and passions that no one else possesses. And it's time to take action on them and put them out into the world with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it simple and straightforward to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell your ideas with their all-in-one website platform. Easily customize Squarespace templates so your website stands out and makes an impact and get insights into your website and email performance with built-in analytics. So you can be constantly improving your site, sales, and strategies to reach your goals. And I hope those goals are aggressive. I'm telling you guys, you can take action today, not next week or next month or next quarter, today. And get your ideas out there with Squarespace. That's how you get into the physics of progress and get better. So so head over right now to squarespace.com impact for a free 14-day trial and 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com impact. Please do not die with these ideas inside of you. Get out there, put them to the test. Go to squarespace.com impact.
1: All the same. Yeah, but for my, me, my
0: thing with kids is I, I'm not going to be dogmatic. They need to think like me, but I'm going to always be honest with them about what I think. My thing was you were always super reasonable. You weren't dogmatic. You weren't, you know, um, like ultra fundamental or anything. So there was no, like you saw beauty in a lot of it and you saw beauty in the ritual and things. And I was like, yeah, I respect all that. Like, getting the kids christened and stuff. Sure. If that makes you happy, like I don't think it has any sort of ill effects. Um, you never asked me to lie. So it's like, yeah, you be honest. You do you, I'm not going to make fun of you or what you believed at the time. Like, Hey, this is what your mom thinks this is what I think. And you know, follow your thing. I don't really care. It's like, I want people to think for themselves. I want them to make their own decisions. I want them to to chase beauty and poetry where they see it. And if they see beauty and poetry in the Bible, then go for it.
1: But you said a really big key thing there is we respected each other. So you actually you got christened, I don't know how many people know this, but being Greek Orthodox, I'd always dreamt about getting married in a Greek church and having that very traditional wedding. Um, and I remember when you proposed and we were talking about it, and I was like, hey, look, it's very important to me to get married in a Greek church. Um, and you're like, oh, I've, I've never even dreamt about my wedding day. So, of course, then when it came to getting christened, You said, look, I will do what needs to be done for me to get christened. You went, like I was going to say religiously, pun intended, to sit with a bishop once a week, twice a week for weeks on end to have classes in order to pass and have him accept um, you into the religion. And then he christened you. And you went in and you were like, look, if I'm going to do it, there was no resentment in you. You were like, you realized this was a gift. I think I was thanking you profusely, which is important versus expectation. I didn't Mm. expect you to do it. And then you were just, you were so into it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you went in with a stack of books and you were asking questions about religion and things like that. But at the end, I remember you saying to me, I hope, you know, this doesn't mean that. I believe in god now and please don't ever ask me to convert emotionally like i will do it for you so that we can get married in a church but it's very different, and if your dad ever asks me, because that was a big thing, I was like, oh my mm. God, I don't want my dad to know you don't believe in God, and you were just like, look, if your dad ever asks me, I'm not gonna lie to him. And I remember you saying that, I was like, oh my God. Oh God, what
0: if I hope never, he never asks. I hope
1: he never <laughs> asks, as I was. But in that moment, I had to stop and say, Lisa, this isn't just about you. He's willing to meet you in the middle. Like, he's willing to do all this stuff because I've said it's important. Like, what he's doing for you is beautiful. And the fact that I can't now meet you in the middle and say, yes, you still should be who you truly are. And for me to ask you to be anything else, I don't think would have been fair as a partner to do to you. You weren't asking me to not have a religious wedding. So why on earth would I ask you to convert your beliefs?
0: 100%. So,
1: all right, now I want to move on to habits because I think especially right now, if people are stuck at home, P- um, difference in habits, I think, can actually start to probably.
0: Ooh, yeah, this is a particularly weird time for habits and routines. It's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. We're so like, we have such a rhythm. But it's funny, if we worked out at the same time, it could be a problem, because that's like your safe space. Like you, even I'm like, I'm in Lisa's gym. <laughs> like, oh god, I gotta hurry. It's so interesting.
1: I'm with Paul of me is like, he's in the gym. <laughs> he's using my weights.
0: We share everything 50-50 except the gym. Don't <laughs> fuck with my gym. Yeah. yeah. That's that is a glimpse into our marriage, very much so. <laughs> um, I do think so. Again, rules, communication, people have gotta talk about how do we use this space, right? So it is possible in the next 12 months that you spend five, six months on quarantine? Like Who knows, right? I am not an expert. I have no idea what will actually happen, but that is a very real possibility. Looking at the mutation rate of the virus and all that stuff, it's fucking real. So getting to understand how people effectively um, get their needs met in the space, I want to use this, like, for instance, the gym would be a perfect example for us. It is very important to you, the gym. Now, the gym is using our language the gym is meaningful to me it isn't important like it is for you if i missed a week whatever i don't fucking care but like you really like make it one of your highest priorities to make sure that you get your time in the gym so it's like if we were colliding and i was like messing up your routine because you use a lot of things all at the same time it's like i would be very respectful of that and say cool i get it she needs her space Then on my writing days, I need my space. I can't have people fucking interrupting me. It drives me crazy. And so if we were in a small house where it was like during my writing time, you had to give me extra consideration, I would lavish you with praise for doing so because I want to make sure I reward that behavior but I would also give you the gift that you want which is I would hey when are you not in the gym and mm-hmm. then I'll go make my gym time around that if I have to work out you know midday or really early which Thankfully for us, we're on slightly different sleep schedules. So for me, it's just, I wake up and and I'll go straight to the gym and usually I'm done before you even wake up. Um, But setting those rhythms, talking through this stuff, giving gifts, giving gifts, like want the other person to be happy. And then when the other person is doing something nice for you, lavish them with praise for that. And don't lavish them with praise. Because if this goes on for months, don't lavish them with praise in week one. And then by month three, it's just an expectation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like you like it when I boil your water, which I haven't done in your oh, house. Oh, I was going to say
1: something to you today and I was like. Please do. So
0: for pe- I'm just totally out of the rhythm. I don't even go back there. So
1: for the longest time you were boiling the kettle and it got to a point where I forgot to thank you because I was just, and I remember being like, oh man, he didn't boil the kettle yeah, today. Yeah, you
0: noticed if I didn't do it. Right. But you didn't notice if I did do it. And I, I remember
1: we, you said and you're like, look, it's turning into an expectation. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. I can't believe since we've moved, so it's been what, maybe three months now, you haven't boiled the kettle. And then this morning I was like, I really want to tell him to boil the kettle for me. But I was like, I don't know how to approach it because it's kind of freaking cheeky for me to ask you. I'm so glad this this, came up. I'm so glad this came up
0: because here's the one, now I'm just going to relate to you and people can watch and see how we talk. There is no malice. I'm not being passive aggressive. I legitimately need to see it to remember. And so I, and then once I get in the habit, then we're good. And when we were living here, I would walk by it every morning. And I would see it on the way in and the way out. And so it became this thing where, and then I would see it before the gym and after the gym. So I would see it like eight times in the morning. And I only had to remember one time because I would see it eight times before you woke up. Now, because it's in like a separate part, I don't see it. So I never just accidentally walked by it ever. So, being reminded because i want to give you a yeah, gift how would I, I want say to say that lift to, you up. to you hey baby i want to help you get back in the habit because you've told me that you want to do this for me and it is a meaningful thing mm. so and look the way that you say it will of course acknowledge that it is cheeky to ask and cuz there is, it's weird and nuanced and complicated. So saying like, hey, this is so cheeky, but you did say. And so like, I would love it if you, you know, did it. And then know that like, I might then remember once and then forget again for a week. And I want the reminders. And then once I get back in the rhythm, you, I'll get back in the rhythm because hopefully you'll have been rewarding me for doing it and then don't let it become an expectation because then it just sucks. It's just a chore. And that's
1: exactly the words I had in my mind. I was like, okay, I want to say how meaningful it was to me. But I do recognize it is still cheeky for me to ask you to boil the kettle. But I, I'm actually really glad this happened because people can hear at home. Like I, We really do talk like this and most of the time it's we try to at least, or definitely I try to, have these conversations when we're emotionally sober, you know, because it's like, I can say to you, babe, I know it's cheeky, like what's actually the best way for me to ask you this? Mm. And you just tell me, well, if you ask me like this, this is actually what will help. And if you ask me like this, and so we give each other the gifts in because we trust each other and we're not trying to manipulate each other. Um, So it's so important that we, that we have these open conversations. So let's go back to habits. Um, So people are at home. So let's say they start talking about the communicating what's important and then what's not. Um, Giving the time. I love that. One thing is you were talking that we've spoken about that we did for a while um, when I was finding it hard to let you know when I was on I was working and when I was off the clock because mm. we were working and living in this house at the same time the studio. And I remember in fact I think it was in a relationship theory episode I had the idea that it should be like the Brazilian um, restaurants So you know in the Brazilian mm. restaurants you have those like bring more meat don't bring me little coop like chip We had done I did the lamp and mm. in our in the bedroom i would switch on the lamp when i was um, it was nighttime for me when I was switching yeah. off work. So what you would do is you would come into the bedroom, maybe say something about work, see the lamp was on and be like, love you. And then you would walk back out. Mm. So it was an indicator to the other person without having to say the words. So as you were talking, if you're confined in this space, maybe there's certain things like that. Whereas like, if you oh, don't yeah. want to be bothered, have the discussion, right? Because even in the words, don't want to be bothered, some people may get their back up by it. So have the things like, I need space, I need time to focus, like using these types of words, I think will help that communication. And then having that sort of signal that says, cool, when I do X, it means I'm in work mode. When I do Z, it means I'm in let's hang out mode, let's talk about other things. Right. Um, so that was actually one thing that came to mind. Um, but what about things like habits like, and fad? Let us talk about this. Um, leaving clothes on the floor and someone's messy, the other person's neat. So one thing is like, I don't want you to feel like I'm just bossing you about. Pick up your clothes. It's like, because I know when we first met, you never made the bed. I always made the bed.
0: Right. Which and, is madness. But
1: we, Right. And municy. the fact that you think is madness, I think it's madness that you don't make the bed. Right. Like madness that you don't make the bed. How can you not make the bed? But we spoke about it. And you explained, and originally I definitely came to it from a judgment perspective, because I'm like, oh. God, I can't
0: Goals, which moves you towards your goal or right. not, like and I'm, I'm all for it. And this is really what people need to be thinking about when it comes to this. So um, this is a perfect example because I think it's real, I think a lot of people are going to struggle with it in terms of clean up, don't clean up. So if you're in a relationship where one person wants things clean and one doesn't, I promise you, you are at a collision of values. One person thinks it is self-evident that you should be picking up and keeping things tidy, and one person thinks it's self-evident that to constantly be cleaning and tidying when something is just going to get re-messy the next day doesn't make any sense. So one is there's two types of collisions of values, ones that can be worked through and you can come to a compromise or a new agreement and one where absolutely not, um, I'm not going to change, I understand your position, I understand it perfectly, steel man, I got it, I can explain it better than you and I still think it doesn't make any sense and vice versa. So let's deal with that, where there, there's just no compromise to be had, which for us is being tidy. There, we, we have talked about it six ways a Sunday, but the reality is when things get messy, it gives you anxiety. So no matter what words, no matter how much logic I give you, unless you were willing to do the work to unwind that neurological pattern, it's never going to change. So now is where it gets into you're going to have to create rules around how things are handled so is it that like for instance don't fuck with my part of the closet right i have a side you have a side you can do whatever you want in your closet you can fucking clean it with a toothbrush if you want i have my side of the closet yo you don't have to look at it like it's going to be the way i want it to be and that's that i'm not asking you to deal with it i'm not asking you to clean it i'm not asking you to wash my clothes nothing but I am not, this is, I understand your argument, but I'm not willing to do inefficient shit. It doesn't make fucking sense to me. So I'm gonna keep mine the way that I wanna keep it, you're gonna keep yours the way you wanna keep it, and all public areas will default to a DMZ, which means I can't be messy in it. Um, by, in this example, clean is, is an absence. So the default in there would just be lack of mess. You take care of yours, I take care of mine. Um, if you want the bed made and I don't, by all means, make the bed, and I won't touch it during the day. I won't mess it up, but don't ever ask me to make it. So basically, it's don't And then cast- do,
1: do get the bed ready after, because we sleep with diff- uh, separate blankets. Yeah, And which so that's, that's another thing, because you're like, if you make the bed, then you have to make sure that when I climb back into it, I don't have to fuss with the blankets.
0: Yeah, meaning when you make the bed, you, you will oftentimes actually remove my blankets from the bed sometimes remove them from the room and it's like hey if you're going to do that i absolutely accept it don't make me hunt for my own like that that's really like hashtag real talk that's so disrespectful in my world that it's like this is going to be a problem every single day if i have to go look for myself i feel so disrespected it's like
1: but that's interesting. You. That like the <laughs> you do me. No, I no, do no. Me.
0: You, you <laughs> do you. I'm not going to yeah, stop yeah. you. But don't make it my problem. Right. Don't don't force your value system on me. Like we we have to to say we can't agree on this. I I don't need you to adopt my values. Mm-hmm. But don't make mm-hmm. your values my problem either.
1: And it like even just in the tone you're using like disrespectful. That's a big fucking word. hundred
0: percent used intentional
1: correct and I know that you use your language very specifically and I just want to point out though that from my perspective I never would have thought you'd be disrespected because I wouldn't have perceived it like that myself so like I don't think of you putting your socks on the floor as being disrespectful I just think you're messy but me not but me moving your blankets from the bed wouldn't have occurred to me that you would interpret it to be disrespectful. And so if we didn't communicate and you didn't tell me that, I would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, why is he grumpy? Like, right, and we would have battled and we wouldn't have said the words and I wouldn't have quite understood because I don't see it like you do. But because you were very honest and open, instead of me trying to persuade you, like, no, 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 it's not disrespectful, I'm just like, cool, that's how he feels. I'm going to respect you feel disrespected by that right and so if i can respect it then i can go cool how do i choose to act because then it's in my control i can choose to disrespect you but know that I'm disrespecting you or I can choose to not make the bed or, you know, whatever. But in that communication has allowed both of us to understand where the other person's coming from. And then going back to what you said, then we created rules of engagement around it. So it's like, cool. If I make the bed, I have to make sure it's unmade before you get in. All right. That's a, that's an agreement that we've made. And so we don't argue about the freaking bed anymore.
0: It really comes down to like this one where, they feel the other person is doing it wrong, inferior and making it their problem. So they have to deal with doing things a worse way and they've never articulated it to themselves or to the other person. So it's just emotional reactions. And so you don't understand why I'm getting upset that the the bed is made and it's lovely and beautiful. And you're like, how how am I in trouble right now? Mm. This bed looks gorgeous. He he gets to walk in and see this beautiful room, and I bet it makes him feel wonderful because that's how it makes you feel. And so you you're just projecting it onto the other person without thinking through. When I walk in and I see a made bed, I either don't notice it or I think, oh, this is a pain in the ass. I have to like remove all the blankets and stuff before we can get into bed. I don't look at it and go, ooh, that's beautiful. Mm. So All the things you think I'm getting out of it, I'm not getting out of it. But until each person like really stops and defines it for themselves and then articulates it to the other person, it just becomes like that, the nagging and the bickering and the fighting and no one ever stops to ask, what are we actually fighting about?
1: Yeah, oh, actually also, it makes me, as you were talking, making the bed, because this is how I was brought up, I perceived it as being a good wife. And so you walking in Interesting. Right? Think about like the typical duties um, put upon, you know, stay at home women. It's make it's cleaning, it's cooking, it's providing, it's being there for people. If I didn't know that you felt disrespected by me making the bed.
0: No, no, I, no. I don't feel disrespected by you making the bed. Sorry. But, feel disrespected by you hiding my fucking blankets. Okay, but hiding I want your to be blankets. Very okay. clear.
1: Um, I would have felt, though, like, but like, I, I'm doing something lovely. I'm like, bringing my, my half to the whole, and you coming in and being annoyed by it, would've, yeah, really upset me.
0: Yeah, from your perspective, I completely see and understand. That's why people have to talk through it. Even the, um, the little nuanced, where you said, you found it disrespectful that I make the bed. And it's like, no, that's Ah. not what I feel. And so this is where Mm. like, man, even sometimes when you've talked about it or you think you've talked about it, the words don't mean the same thing or a slightly different meaning was taken away, but it can really change the intent. Um, Because here's, if I were you, are you ready for what I would do? I would make- For the
1: record, I don't make the bed anymore.
0: But if you were going to, make my side my two blankets, maybe fold them in half so all I have to do is unfold them. Fold them in half and then just put your blanket on top. Now you won't like that because it'll look lumpy, <laughs> but for me, it's like, cool, then you just fold yours open, fold mine open, and now we're in bed. Super easy, nice and simple. Can I say but, something? Please?
1: You are <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That just so touched my heart.
0: Yes, that, that is definitely something that will like bother you. I feel
1: like you know me so well. You feel seen in the I avatar do. way. I yeah. Do. <laughs> oh, I see you uh, Well Billu, Where can people yeah. find you?
0: At Tom Billieu. Everywhere On all the socials On all the socials YouTube, Instagram Those are my most active But Facebook and Twitter as well Maybe. And TikTok Oh
1: yeah you're Find talking. your boy on
0: TikTok That's
1: right Alright Well thank you so much For coming on and
0: Always a pleasure Spieling
1: worlds What? spieling Is that actually a word?
0: Um, kind of Yeah spilling. Spiel. Someone's okay. spiel I've never heard spieling mm-hmm. But it for spilling
1: such um, great uh, advice appreciate it truly a pleasure all right guys thank you so much for joining us if you're not following me follow me at lisa bilyeu and if you haven't subscribed please please click that subscribe button down there and if this episode brought you value guys please do like it and share it and until next time be the hero of your own life peace out what's up guys lisa here thank you so much for listening if you're not already subscribed please do click that subscribe button click 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 away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single wednesday and if you do feel so inclined be great to get a rate and a review from you that'd be awesome that's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women so until then go out and be the superhero of your own life
0: If you want to finally take control of your health and stop struggling with a lack of focus, feeling sluggish, and just not being your best, then you need to fulfill all the nutritional needs your body has every single day. You can do that easily and simply with AG1. If you're a longtime listener, you might know I've been supporting AG1 for many years. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement. And you guys know me. I do not normally eat supplements. AG1 is basically it. It is a supplement that truly supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. And what I like is that they're basically grounding up real vegetables. It is about as close to eating the real thing as you're going to get. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition Continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. AG1 supports your whole body with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source nutrients in every serving to support optimal health of your brain, body, and gut. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2. And five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Click the link in the show notes or just go to drinkag1.com slash impact. That's drinkag1, the number dot com slash impact. Check it out. What's up, guys? If there's something going on with your body that you just can't quite figure out what it's coming from, I'm gonna bet that the problem has something to do with your gut health. So what can you do to feel better? Well, everybody's body is different and that's why our sponsor Viome uses an at-home gut intelligence test to analyze your microbiome. Then they provide you with a personalized pre and probiotic formula that can help restore balance to your body. They also recommend what foods you should eat and which ones you shouldn't eat based on your test results. I've had the founder of Viome, Naveen Jain, on the show several times, and he always has incredible updates about the science linking your microbiome to the rest of your health. And as you guys know, with everything that Lisa went through, we know firsthand that your gut health, if you fix that, you're gonna solve so many other problems in your life. Go to triviome.com slash impact and use code impact to get 20% off your first three months and free shipping. All right, that's T-R-Y-V-I-O-M-E.com slash impact with the code impact for 20% off your first three months and free shipping.